0: The rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Wednesday, October fourteenth. And how about it? Tuesday night football. I tell you what, the Titans played a flawless game offensively and and got a little lucky defensively, including that initial take away the interception that was really a bad bounce for the Bills. Sometimes that happens. I don't. I, I don't think this is an indictment of the Bills by any means, but man, Tennessee came roaring back from everything that they've gone through the last two weeks. Uh, that story's not over, by the way, but at least, you know, if you rolled the dice on some of those guys, you rolled the dice on Ryan Tannehill or, well, pretty much anybody except Devin Singles in that game. If you would have rolled the dice on him, you were pretty much right. John U. Smith has a big game. Ryan Tannehill has a big game. Derek Henry gets the end zone twice. Stephon Diggs has 16 targets, 10 catches. Even Josh Allen was fine, So not too bad. Could have been a whole lot worse. Uh, So today is Wednesday, of course. We will talk about rankings on today's show and have some big news about our guy Le'Veon Bell. (laughs) So I'll get to that news in a second. But of course, got to tell you about our sponsor for today's show, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com MonkeyNightFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyNightFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyNightFight.com there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks. That means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and football. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. And you know what else? Monkeyknifefight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And of course, if you use the promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win, state and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. And that is a great way to help this show out right now. Promo code RANT. All right, help us out. Great way to help us keep this thing going. And uh, I want to keep it going. So that's how you can do so. All right, so let's talk about Le'Veon Bell. Uh, The news was out there yesterday that the Jets were trying to trade him. That is a classic move in fantasy football, by the way. Like, If you're trying to trade away Kenyon Drake, you're doing what the Jets were trying to do with Le'Veon Bell. It's the classic sell low, and, and maybe it works in fantasy football more than it does in the NFL, but it almost never works in the NFL. I mean, we've seen this a couple times already this year. I mean, the, the other prime example was Leonard Fournette, right? So Leonard Fournette... uh, Yeah, you're not going to trade him. He bounced, and he ultimately landed somewhere. And that's going to be the same thing with Bell. Whether or not he's picked up on waivers, uh, that's yet to be determined. There was some rumblings that, you know, officially the Jets were not releasing him until 4 p.m. on Wednesday. So there were some rumblings that a trade might happen before then. It was sort of like a little move on their part, like announcing that they were going to release him before he was technically released uh, to potentially facilitate a trade. I'm recording this before 4 p.m. It's about 2.45 Eastern. I have not seen anything, and I don't expect to. So with Le'Veon Bell, let's just unpack this briefly. If you have Bell in fantasy football, you can't trade him away. (laughs) I mean, you'd be doing what the Jets were trying to do, and that's not good. Uh, And I wouldn't go and acquire him right now unless you get him really cheaply. right? I, I think it's more of a wait and see. Because there are some circumstances where Le'Veon Bell's value would actually, it would be, it would increase if he lands in the right spots. And really, there's two spots that come to mind that would be the best landing spots. Because, I mean, there's a number of them that have been thrown out there. Uh, of course, any time anything happens like this, the Patriots are thrown out there. I don't see that as a fit. They have enough... You know, they don't have a one guy, like they don't have a Bell Cow, but they have essentially you put all those guys together and and they have all the roles filled in that backfield. Uh Tampa has been thrown out there because they took Fournette. I, I don't see that happening either. Um, couple others that I don't see happening. Seattle was thrown out there. Highly doubt that. And actually, I, I don't even know if Bell would be considered the one if he landed there. Pittsburgh was thrown out there, highly doubt that. Uh, Miami, maybe. Buffalo, maybe. And I don't mind either one of them. Um, probably Buffalo a little bit better, obviously, for Bell's outlook. But when I look at it, I, I think there are two landing spots that make the most sense. One of them is Chicago. I spoke to somebody in the know uh, on the inside of the league and um, recently, very, very recently. And the quote on David Montgomery was, he's a practice squad guy. Yikes. That was the direct words, and I respect the opinion of the person who I talked to. Uh, in fantasy, we certainly believe in him a lot more than that, but if that is the perception there, then you would have to imagine that my source is not the only person with this perception. I don't know if this is, a, uh, this is how people inside the Bears organization feel, but I don't, I don't think it necessarily would be because they didn't address the position in the draft. However, if they get the opportunity to get a guy like Le'Veon Bell, who is a three-down back, who is a very good fit in that Matt Nagy offense that has the Andy Reid-inspired West Coast system, I mean, that's just really tailor-made to Le'Veon Bell because he is a pass-catching back. I don't see why you wouldn't, especially if you're 4-1, and one. and you really do need a shot in the arm in that offense. The defense is is no question, no question, the defense rock solid in Chicago. The offense has some holes, so that would make sense. That would take the wind out of David Montgomery's sales for sure, but the other one, Arizona, and I'll tell you what, Le'Veon Bell in Arizona, whoo-hoo, that would be my landing spot, and that would solve the Kenyon Drake issue for a lot of people, but man, put him in that system, again, a system that, you know, is going to throw the ball to the running back, is going to run the running back a lot, is going to run a whole heck of a lot of plays. I don't mind that one. We'll see. We'll see what happens here. Uh, either way, it, you're in a holding pattern with Le'Veon Bell. So if he landed in Arizona, yeah, his arrow would be pointing up a little bit. Even in Chicago, I'd say it's pointing up slightly. If he landed somewhere where he's either in a committee or potentially even buried. Like if he landed in Seattle, like he's buried. So then his value takes a hit. That's sort of the roll of the dice we're at right now with Bell, but did want to comment on that at the top of the show here. So stay tuned on Mr. Lev Bell. But let's dive into the rankings here for you today. And we'll kick things off, of course, with quarterback. Ah, where does Andy Dalton fall? Well, I tell you this, he is not the number one quarterback this week. Surprise, surprise. Uh, That's Patrick Mahomes. Like the matchup against Buffalo. In fact, like it so much, like this game so much that I have these guys one and two in my initial rankings. Remember, my rankings are over at ftnfantasy.com. They change throughout the week, so you can always get updates over there. This is an initial set to get you started and this week's a little weird with no Thursday night football. Uh, normally we don't get that until the end of the season, but we'll have a little bit more time to process things this week, which week, which is a good thing. I love Kyler Murray and what he's doing this year. I especially love Kyler Murray when he faces Dallas. <laughs> so he comes in at three. At four is Lamar. At four is Lamar. I don't remember the last time I ranked him at one. Maybe it was week two, possibly possibly week three. And it's not a knock on Lamar. I'm kind of at a loss for words because I I, I told this story. So I ran into, um, you know, a friend of a friend, but we see each other occasionally like at, you know, like the grocery stores where I see him mainly. So I ran into him. And he's like, hey, check out my lineup. And he's like, he's all happy. And, you know, hey, he had the first overall pick, so he gets McCaffrey. And obviously, it didn't work out well, but it was fine. You know, I decided to have McCaffrey. In the second round, he said, I drafted Lamar Jackson. I was like, ooh, I, I probably wouldn't have done that. And I'm telling you, the dude's head looked like it was going to explode. You, you look like a child who has just been told that Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy aren't real all at the same time <laughs> like and and I felt really bad I was like I didn't mean to like completely like de- deflate this dude and, and I was like no but but I, I mean at least you you have Lamar <laughs> but um you know the point being just don't draft a quarterback in the second round I know I say it a lot but I'm gonna say it again anyway super cam comes in at number five love cam in this matchup and he will be back this week Deshaun Watson trending in the right direction at six A hey, hey Ron at seven. Tough matchup against the Bucks, but man, the Packers offense is rolling this season. And it doesn't even matter if people are banged up. They just keep rolling. Matty Stafford, I like him as a top ten play this week at eight. Ben Roethlisberger at nine versus the Browns. But again, like Ben, Ben's starting to roll. And if this Chase Claypool thing really pans out, then good g- giddy up, man. Good for you if you have Ben Roethlisberger. People are asking me right now, would you rather if I lost Dak. Would you rather have Ben Roethlisberger or Andy Dalton? I'd rather have Ben Roethlisberger. Kirk Cousins at 10. He's streamable this week against the Atlanta Falcons, of course, but not a lot of upside with Cousins. It's the only drawback. Gardner Minshew at 11, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick for now. He gets the Jets revenge game. Every game for Ryan. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's played for every team in the NFL. Every game's a revenge game. Every game's a I got a whole I got a hold on to this starting job for another week so that it's not to a time. Anyway, I didn't put Andy Dalton in the top 12, he's at 13. So he's close. He's very close. Some guys trending down for me this week. Uh Daniel Jones, even in a good matchup, I have him at 19. Joe Burrow at 20 against the Colts, you know, you can't really start those guys. Uh, let's move over to running back and of course we don't have our, you know, de facto, de facto number one without Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, because he's on bye this week. So, Derrick Henry is the number one. It is a beautiful matchup against the Houston Texans. Love the matchup for Derrick Henry. Ezekiel Elliott comes in at two. Super high floor with Zeke. We know that. Mike Davis, this might be the last week. I thought last week was going to be the last week, but McCaffrey's not practicing, so he's not going to play. So, this might be the last week. And hey, if you're the Panthers, are you really rushing McCaffrey back, right? Uh,. If you're lucky, maybe you squeeze a little bit more juice out of this orange. But for now, Mike Davis is my number three running back. All right, whatever. I give up. (laughs) I give up. I I, I still watch him, and I'm like, he's really not, doesn't stand out. There's nothing special about him. But it's the system, man. And I'm just not going to freaking doubt it anymore he's my number three. My number four, Alexander Madison. Dalvin Cook's not going to play this week, so giddy up Alexander Madison top five fantasy running back. Aaron Jones at uh, five for me. It's a tough matchup, but the volume, the upside, all of that keeps him in the top 10 easily, and I'm just going to keep rolling with him. Kareem Hunt against a Pittsburgh defense that originally looked tough against the run, but they were exposed by Miles Sanders, so the volume plus the upside, love it. Jonathan Taylor at 7. I think they get the right game script this week against the Bengals. James Robinson bounces back this week against Detroit at 8 CEH. Buffalo's tough, but they did allow two rushing scores to Derrick Henry. Joe Mixon at 10 had the classic, is it crazy too? And uh, the question was, is it crazy to start Miles Gaskin over Joe Mixon? If you have to ask that it's crazy, it's crazy. Joe Mixon's at ten. The volume has been insane. David Montgomery slides up to eleven against Carolina. It's only because it's Carolina. I know, you're like you're like, wait, didn't you just say about David? Yes, but I'm a fantasy analyst, and I like the matchup, and I like the usage, and they haven't signed, they haven't uh, picked up Le'Veon Bell yet. If they even do, even if they did this week, Le'Veon Bell wouldn't have a lot, a large role, so it'd still be very high on Montgomery for at least one more week. Miles Sanders at 12. Tough matchup, but he, he said he gave last week's matchup the middle finger. So let's do it again. James Connor at 13. Red zone usage is really key here for James Conner. Like that. Uh Todd Gurley at 14. It's a nice matchup. And honestly, I have concerns about Brian Hill's usage, but I'm gonna just keep rolling with Gurley as a top 20 guy. Right. I mean, right now, front end RB two. After Gurley, we have my guy Raheem Mostert. He looked phenomenal last week. I'm not crazy about the direction in that offense right now, but he still looks so darn good. Ronald Jones, all right, I'll bite. RB2 after last week. Miles Gaskin slides in at 18 for me. Nice matchup against the Jets for him, so he moves up into RB2 territory. Antonio Gibson, 19. Remember, he outtouched J.D. McKissick significantly last week. Mel Gordon, and that's the other breaking news today. Melvin Gordon was uh, arrested on a DUI. Uh, Now, here's my initial thoughts on this. I figured I'd just save it for here. So the league tends to let any of these things play out like from a legal standpoint before they address it. So if you expect Melvin Gordon to be suspended this week, it's Almost definitely not going to happen. I'd be really surprised by the leak. Now, other people have asked me, "What? What about if the Broncos suspend him? That could happen, but I doubt it as well. Typically, that sort of thing happens for a very severe uh, occurrence. Any any sort of uh, arrest or anything like that that's very severe. And I'm not trying to downplay DUI, so don't get me wrong here. But you know, in, in, on the grand spectrum of things. DUI is not good, but it's nowhere near some of the worst things that we've seen. Just putting it that way. If it was something like that too, the most likely occurrence wouldn't even be uh, a suspension by the team. It would be the league stepping in and putting the player on the commissioner's exempt list. We've seen a lot of DUIs. Un- unfortunately, we have. And I, I mean, most often the, the, the common thing you see is the player plays Uh, The team says we're looking into the matter. The league says we're looking into the matter. The legal process plays out. And then almost when you've forgotten about it, the suspension uh, is, is levied. So what we are very likely to see here is nothing, at least initially. His arraignment is scheduled for a month from now. So the legal process is going to take some time to to play out. And we may not even have ultimate clarity on the legal process until after the season is over. And if that is the case, then Melvin Gordon probably won't be suspended until 2021. A suspension is likely. It's a two to four game suspension for a first time offense. Uh, usually that the league will come in you know, a lot of times they will give the the harshest penalty. They'll go four games. It gets appealed. It goes down to three games. Something along those lines is a likely occurrence. It's not a guarantee, but this is what we've seen in the past. So if you have Melvin Gordon, I wouldn't expect the team to to suspend him, to release him. Anybody suggesting that Le'Veon Bell is going to go to the Broncos, even if that happened, even if the team did release Melvin Gordon, it would be Philip Lindsay. They wouldn't go out and get Le'Veon Bell. I highly doubt it, at least. So anyway, that's where that stands, and I figured I'd just address it right there. Devin Singletary, 21. Devonta Freeman, all the way up to 22. Nice usage there. That's a game where they could win, too. Kenyon Drake, 23. I know you don't want to play Kenyon Drake, but he is still the lead back in that backfield, and it isn't even close in early downs. Daryl Henderson at 24. He slides right into the back end of RB2s he's the best option he's still risky uh right there for the Rams backfield yay the Rams backfield all right over to wide receiver and kicking it off is D Hop i love what we saw out of him and to make matters better he faces the Dallas Cowboys this week likewise Adam Thielen faces the Falcons giddy freaking up tie freak at 3 if if AJ Brown could do that to Buffalo, then I, I love you know what Tyreek could do. They're going to have their hands full with him, even if Tredavious White is back. Devontae Adams, tougher matchup. I do expect a shadow. I'll talk about that tomorrow, but uh, Carlton Davis on him, but it doesn't matter. It's Devontae Adams. Calvin Ridley, nice matchup for him, and he bounced back last week as we expected him to. And I'm excited to see what the Falcons look like after the Dan Quinn regime. Kenny Galladay, had a week to heal up, so he should be good to go here. Not that he wasn't before, but he was definitely hobbled a little bit from that early season hamstring injury, but that bye week usually does a body good. Alan Robinson, opposing wideouts have done damage against number ones, especially have done damage against Carolina. Mike Evans for now at eight. Uh, we could see Chris Godwin back this week, so that's subject to change. Stephon Diggs after that blow up performance comes in at nine. Then Bob Woods and Cooper Cup back to back. San Francisco kind of fell apart last week. We'll see if they can get it back together, but they are not trending in the right direction. It's not really their fault. It's all those injuries, man. Really crushed them. Amari Cooper at 12. Uh Andy Dalton really doesn't hurt his value that much. Robbie Anderson, he's the number one in Carolina. I'm sorry it took us so long to figure that out, but nothing's changing there. He's the number one. Terry McLaurin against the Giants at 14. I'm not quite so sure James Bradbury shadows him. Uh, Bradbury oftentimes shadowing bigger-bodied receivers, so I don't know if they do that. But uh, even if they do, it doesn't really matter. He's still a wide receiver too. Will Fuller at 15. Devontae Parker at 16. I like the matchup for him this week. Marquise Brown at seventeen. A big game is brewing for him. I don't know when it happens, but it could be against Philly. Philly, even even though their secondary is a little better, they've been known to give up the occasional big game. Uh, after Marquise Brown, DJ Chark, he was shadowed by Bradley Roby last week. That put a damper on his fantasy outlook, but he's still the number one there. DJ Moore sliding back a little bit, but at 19, still a wide receiver too. Justin Jefferson gets an upgrade this week against Atlanta. OBJ, oh, tough matchup, but he's a wide receiver too. AJ Brown should get that Bradley Roby shadow this week, but man, did he look good on Tuesday night, didn't he? Juju, at 24, Jamison Crowder at 25, and Tyler Boyd, very similar player to Jamison Crowder at 26. Chase Claypool has moved all the way up to 27 in my rankings. I am buying in on it for now as wide receiver three. I mean, yes, that was an enormous game. That was a career game. We don't expect those games all ever again. I was going to say all the time. I mean, maybe ever again, but, but still, he has definitely the genies out of the bottle and they have to get him on the field. Darius Slayton at... 28. Julian Edelman at 29. He's going to benefit from being back on the field, so that's good there. Uh, Chris Godwin, I currently ranked at 30, and that's just one of those statement rankings like, hey, pay attention. Don't just plan for him to be in, but also don't overlook him, and we'll adjust throughout the week. LaVisca Chennault t- trending up at 31. Jarvis at 32. T.Y. Hilton, I'm not giving up on him just yet at 33. That was nice volume last week. T. Higgins with A.J. Green banged up at 34. 35 is McCole Hardman with no Sammy Watkins this week. And to round out the top 36, Brandon Cooks. Ah, <laughs> uh, Brandon Cooks. One week a goose egg, another week a front end wide receiver one. Ah, uh, Brandon Cooks. Anyway, let's move over to tight end. The rankings of tight end are shifting dramatically. Not at the top, because it's still the same guys. It's still Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews. But at number four this week, I have Jonu Smith. I love the red zone usage. Love the upside out of Jonu Smith. At five, I have TJ Hawkinson. I think the Hawkinson thing is going to really start to pick up some momentum here. Mike Gesicki, speaking of building momentum at six. At seven, Zach Ertz. I'm not throwing in the towel on him just yet. The volume's still there, and I don't want to overlook the entire body of work. Evan Ingram trending up at eight, Eric Ebron trending up at nine, Bob Tanyan at 10, Dalton Schultz, 11, Noah Fant, 12. So here are the players who are trending down, Hayden Hurst, Tyler Higby, even Gronkowski to some extent, Uh, they're trending down for me. Here are guys who are trending up. Gerald Everett, now only at 25, but trending in the right direction. Irv Smith, having ranked at 19 this week, so trending up big time. Austin Hooper, have ranked at 13, trending up big time. The position is shifting. There are a lot of guys in the top 12 this week who were not into to- in the top 12 for me heading into the season. And I will tell you, the one position that I I really weight matchups the least is tight end. It has the least, you know, least factor in in my rankings. It's really it's really about volume and especially red zone work because they have to, they have to score touchdowns to be freaking relevant. That's the way that stupid tight ends work. <laughs> I kid on the, I love my tight ends, I just hate my tight end scoring. Anyway, you want these rankings, you want the projections, you want all the tools, all of the goodness. You can get that over at ftnfantasy.com and uh Use the promo code RATPACK get you 10% off on all of that right there. Keep reviewing the show on iTunes. I appreciate everybody who has done it already. Oh, we're, we have something cooking there. Don't worry about that. But if you haven't reviewed the show already, the easiest way to do so is if you have an iPhone, open up the Apple Podcast app, go to my podcast, The Rant with Jeff Ratcliffe, scroll to the bottom, click the stars, and that's it. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use that hashtag Rat Pack. That way I you know you're a listener of the show. All right, wide receiver cornerbacks for you tomorrow. I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.